today. Mm -hmm. We have been talking about kingdom alignment. And for the last couple of weeks, we really talked about kingdom alignment in terms of we need to care about souls. We need to care about fulfilling the Great Commission. We need to care about being disciple and making disciples. That we need to realize that it is not okay for us to get saved and then to sit back and to say everybody else should get theirs however they get it because we got it because somebody prayed for us. Somebody took the time to witness to us. How many of you, let me ask you a question, somebody had to minister to you more than one time before you accepted Jesus. Somebody had to minister to you more than one time before you got out of the pig pen. Somebody had to minister to you more than one time before you got committed and connected to the things of God. And so we were talking about in kingdom alignment that we cannot just sit back we cannot just sit back and be passive. We must get engaged in what God is doing. We must be aligned in the kingdom, right? So let me tell you what was happening for me because Kingdom Alignment is really the series that I'm leading. Pastor Edwin, are you not totally impressed that three weeks in a row I have notes? Yeah, I know you could do it. <laughs> Don't get excited. Don't get I mean, excited. you can do it. Don't get excited. So this is my third week. And so I want to just tell you kind of where what happened for me. Um, and, and then we'll get it. And then Pastor Edwin will do our introduction around the guiding word. But I just want to give like a pre-introduction. So everywhere I go, I run into believers in need. Almost daily. I said believers in need. Not the heathen. Believers. People who identify as believers. I run into believers that are in need. Almost daily, Pastor Strick and I receive emails, calls, and Facebook messages from believers that are struggling to cover their basic needs. Over the last couple of weeks, I began to feel a sense of overwhelm about the amount of needs that we were receiving. Because while FOC is a generous church and Pastor Strick and I are generous givers, our leadership team is generous givers, I understand that in our natural means, we simply cannot meet all of the needs of those who reach out. So I turn to the word of God because I'm convinced that all of my answers are found in the word. Now, that could be a life statement that somebody can take, that all of my answers are found in the word. And I begin to look and meditate on a few scriptures like Psalms 23 that says, the Lord is my shepherd and I shall not want. Deuteronomy 8 and 18 that tells me to remember the Lord for he has given me the power to create wealth to establish his covenant, which he swore to my fathers. And then Philippians 4, 19 that says, my God shall supply all of my need according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. As I continue to think and meditate and pray, I thought about this series of kingdom alignment and our heart to win many souls for Jesus. And I realized that a number of those souls are likely going to show up with need, in need of resources too. And I realized that we must make a major shift within the church to prepare for those coming to the church. The Holy Spirit sent me back to the guiding word for this year. And I realized that supernatural provision is an important part of kingdom alignment. Supernatural provision is an important part of kingdom alignment. None of us can naturally afford to do all the things we need, want, and are called to do. How many of you would, would agree with that? None of us can naturally afford. I begin to wonder how many of us even know how to walk in faith for supernatural provision. I also begin to wonder how many of us have let our faith slip in this area and need to renew it. 
So let me ask you a question. How many of you actually know how to walk in faith for supernatural provision? Now, let me clarify the question a little bit. I'm not asking you how many of you have ever experienced supernatural provision. I am asking how many of you know how to consistently use your faith for supernatural outcomes. I'm also asking how many of you know how to consistently do it, but you can see that you have let your faith slip in this area. And I'm going to suggest to you that likely you let your faith slip in the area of supernatural provision because you begin to experience natural increase. The Holy Spirit stared me to grow my own faith in this area and to help you grow yours as well. See, the Lord has provision no matter what is happening in the earth. And it's our job to learn what his word says and attach our faith to it and walk it out. There is supernatural provision for all who will walk in faith. Father God, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for this series. We thank you that you said that anytime that we could see, hear, or understand that our hearts, that our hearts would be converted, our lives would be converted, and we would be healed. Father, we repent for ignoring the, what your word says about supernatural provision. We repent for thinking that our natural resources are enough. We repent for every area that we are out of alignment and we open ourselves up for truth. We thank you that you are indeed our shepherd and we don't have to want. We thank you that you have indeed given us the power to create wealth. We thank you that you indeed supply all of our needs out of your rich treasury in heaven. So as we prepare to receive souls, we position ourselves to also receive resources so that we may glorify you, so that we may be a blessing to others, and that we may be able to do the things that we need to do that you have called us to do in our own lives. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. And so this morning, you know, we're going to talk about kingdom alignment as it relates to supernatural provision. Um, although the series is new for this year, this word is not a new word. If you've been attending Fellowship of Champions uh, Church International for any length of time, you know we spent an entire year talking about alignment and agreement and how alignment and agreement brings us to a point of acceleration in our lives, acceleration in every area, acceleration in our relationships, acceleration in our, prof in our professional uh, relationships, in our professional careers, uh, in our finances, in our health. Alignment is always going to be the key because if we're outside of alignment, then we can't be in tune with what God has done for us. And so this morning, we're going to take a look uh, at this, at, at our guiding word. It shouldn't be new to you at all. We are six months in, uh, you know, almost 24 weeks, uh, if you think about it, uh, or, close, or close to it. And, and, and you ought to have been looking at this weekly. And so if one of the things that you'll understand if you've been doing that is that the guiding word for 2023, in fact, every guiding word that the Lord has given us over the years, uh, has really been designed for a singular purpose. You may be asking, well, what is that purpose? Well, you can wrap all of the things that the, that the Lord has given us, even the word about reformation and reckoning, the word about alignment and agreement, uh, the guiding word that he gave us this year, the year of harvest, the year of release, all of those things that God has been given us is for one reason, and that is to remind us, it is to help keep us on track so that we can learn to actually walk by faith. Uh, 
because we don't receive anything in the kingdom except by faith. Mm -hmm. Faith is the currency of the kingdom. And so he gives us these words. He gives us these um, these these markers, so to speak, so that when life happens to us, we're able to reach into our hearts where we've hidden his word so that we can walk by faith so that we collectively and individually can experience the supernatural provision of his kingdom. Understand this, our heavenly father, he wants us to know that we have a supernatural advantage. Amen. He did not hide it from us. He is not trying to tell us to, to not, don't be arrogant and think you don't. He wants us to know you and I have a supernatural advantage. That's good. And what is that supernatural advantage for? It is to overcome everything that comes against us is to overcome us in the world. We're going to talk later about what super, what natural is, but God placed us in this world, but he didn't want us to be subjugated to the elements of the world. So he had to put some, I say it like this, some extra on us. Mm -hmm. So when, when the world comes against us, that we have the ability to rise above it, to go through it, around it, whatever direction he sends us, but that we have a supernatural advantage in this world. He wants us to walk in faith, knowing and expecting to see his provision, to see his power, to see his might working in our lives in every single area. And so this teaching that we're doing about kingdom alignment today may be focused on supernatural provision. But one of the things we're praying for during the fast, remember, is that you look on the inside of you and see if there's anything on the inside of you that needs to be rectified, that you need to repent for, that you need to get rid of. Why? Because when you get rid of all of that mess, it allows you to stay in alignment with the Lord. Remember, alignment is about agreement. If I find out that there's something in God's word, that, that, that I'm not doing or I didn't understand or I'm going a different direction. I don't change the word. I change me. Ooh, I get good. an alignment. You know, those of you who have cars, you take your cars to the mechanics because you want your car to be in alignment. Why? Because if your car is not in alignment, it pulls to the left or it pulls to the right. And when it does that, it put extra wear and tear, unnecessary wear and tear on your tires. When you are out of alignment with God, it is putting unnecessary mm. and undue wear and tear on your soul, your mind, your will, your emotions, your imagination, and your intellect. But when you are in alignment, when your car is in alignment, you get better efficiency. You get better uh, miles per gallon, right? You, the car works according to the way the manufacturer designed it. And so when we talk about kingdom alignment, that's really what we're wanting to do. We're wanting to help ourselves. We want to help you. We want to help the ministry collectively to come into alignment so that when we go after souls, it's more efficient. When we're asking a prodigal to come home, it's more efficient. When we're making sure that we're looking for mass salvation and we want to make sure that that, that, that that our hearts and our lives are right, it's more efficient. And so that's what this kingdom alignment is about. And so we're going to start this morning kind of just taking a look at that guiding word. You preaching today, Doc. Mm -hmm. Come on. Listen. Listen. This is just a little funny. I want y'all to know this week, Pastor Ellen got saved for real. <laughs> I want you to know he got saved for real. Chris knows what I'm about to say. This is so silly because I know what you're about to say. You know what I'm about to say. Mm -hmm. Pastor Strick is now an Apple user. He got an Apple watch on. He got an iPhone. 
Listen, let me tell you, that's why you can't let go and let go of your faith, baby, because if you just keep your faith going, and I want you to know that y'all should give Canaan credit because Canaan is the one who we watered, we planted, but Canaan but brought Canaan us strong on. Canaan brought us the increase because listen, we was tired of his little green dot when we was trying to send him a text message. And I want you to know, listen, if you have an iPhone, go on and text him while it's working, honey. Because listen, he may not stick with us. I but haven't to June 3rd to decide if I'm gonna keep it. Y'all pray be, for it. Him. Might be go back to he just said, Oh my goodness. <laughs> it might be team, oh my it, goodness. It might be team Samsung again. <laughs> CJ said, turn from your wicked ways. <laughs> so listen, let me tell you something, guys. This is so important to us because, you know, if we look at the first paragraph of the God and Word, I just want to read it to you. I want you to get your notes. I want you to pay attention to what's happening. And I really want you to let yourself grow in this area. For me. You know, the Bible says we should go from faith to faith and glory to glory. And one of the things that I was reminded of today, I mean, yesterday, as I was working on these notes again, I was reminded that we should go from faith to faith and glory to glory. Right. So our testimonies of supernatural provision should not be limited to when we were down and out and God had to make a way out of no way. That is not all of God's supernatural provision. And so I want us to read this first paragraph and I really want us to dig in. Listen, hold on to what you've heard. Listen, wait, hold on. Demetri said Canaan has the a history of being a place of increase. Amen. <laughs> Come on, Canaan. Hold on to what you've heard this past year and be prepared for what is to come. I have already opened my gates and released supernatural power for you. Believe my words and watch as great ease shall come over you as you trust in me and let me walk with you. When we partner together, all of those things that have held you in bondage will be destroyed. Supernatural happenings are already assigned to you. So don't forget that my plans for you have always been good, for I have desired to cause restoration to manifest in every area of your life. Now, if we look at this right here, we can see the word supernatural two times in this. What does he tell us? He says, hold on to what you've heard in the past year and be prepared. When he tells us to be prepared, being prepared is a call to sturdy up our faith. Mm -hmm. That is what be prepared means. It doesn't mean that we become like these end time people that are hoarding water and, and, and making 10,000 <clears throat> 10, canned goods in our basement. It means that we are to shore up our faith. He says, I have already opened the gates and released supernatural power to you. So it said, God is saying to us, I already know what is coming and I have already made provision available. Tell your neighbor provision is already available. But then he tells you, he says provision is already available. Supernatural power is already available. What do you have to do? Believe his words and watch as great ease comes over you when as you trust in me. And let me walk with you. Man, this is so good. 
when we partner together, how am I partnering with God? I'm trusting him and walking with him as he leads me to the gates where the supernatural provision is already prepared. And when that word trust, you know, I think some people misunderstand that word trust. You really need to understand that trust is not a same thing as hope. I'm not hoping on him. Come on. I'm not hoping that the things that I want to have happen in my life will happen. That word trust means to rely on without a safety net. Mm. I am trusting mm. him. I am relying on God. He says, believe my words and watch as great ease shall come. Meaning that God says that if I watch, it's going to come. What's the, what's, what is the connector for it coming? He says, as you rely on me with no safety net. As you rely on me with no safety. That means I got to give, I got to put all of me, all of my trust, all of my abilities. I have to lay them down and put them on God and say, God, I trust you 100%. I'm not hoping, I'm believing that because you said it, it's already done. It's already he says, done. And then he says, and let me walk with you. Let Don't try to do all this stuff on your own. Whatever you're endeavoring, get God involved. Don't say, God, I need you to help me with the big stuff and the medium stuff. I got the small stuff because the Bible says it's the small foxes that destroy the vines. Get God involved in every decision you're making. And, and I know people go in every decision, in every decision you're making because you don't, you can't see everything the way God can see it. Come on. So even when I, when, I mean, I was thinking about this, this process, the, the house buying process we're doing for the boys in every decision we're making, whether we should see a property, whether we should buy a property, whether we should put an offer or not, all of those are God, what do you want us to do? Why? Because he sees things that we don't see. And, and through Holy Spirit, he's willing to give us wisdom and insight into the most mundane things, if we're willing to ask. That's so good. You know, when we begin to see this increase of people in need, one of the ways that I knew I needed to go back to the word mm -hmm. is that I didn't feel great ease. Mm -hmm. I was like, what are we going to do? If we keep I helping everybody if, if, who's if asking. Keep, right. right. I didn't feel great ease. And I and that was a big word that I had been anchored in, that there should be great ease. And actually what I started to feel was anxiety. And I started to feel anxiety because I was like, statistically, if we bring in more people to the kingdom and they have these kind of needs and we have this number of people giving, we are not going to be able to maintain this. So I went to the word. I did too. And when I went, I to, went the, to when I went to the word, what I remember is when Jesus had to feed the five thousand. Yes. That he took what he had. He the Bible says he he took it. He blessed it. He looked toward heaven, and and he never stopped looking toward heaven until everybody had been fulfilled. That everybody had what they needed. And when he got through, he still had an overflow. Because it's supernatural. Because it's supernatural. And I think if you're honest that we have such a heart to see the people of God prosper, mm -hmm. right? And that if, if we are not careful, one of the things the Lord said to me was he said, I've called you to distribute, not to supply. Mm -hmm. And there is a difference, mm -hmm. right? I'm a distribution center, but he is the supply. 
And he was like, you're feeling overwhelmed and you're feeling anxious because you are looking at what's in your distribution center as though I am not the one who puts the supply yeah. in. You and I believe toward, that we start looking toward ourselves. You start, if you're not careful, even when you want to do good, you start looking toward yourselves. It can overwhelm you because you are limited. God is not. And how many of you can feel that? That you can you how many of you can see that and this is why it's so good. It's it there's that's why we need to see repentance as a good thing. Mm -hmm. It's the moment that I see myself out of alignment with him. I go get a word and bring myself back in alignment with him. So is it a good thing to want to help people with needs? Absolutely. It is a good thing. It is a bad thing to look at myself as the source. Yes. God is the source. I'm a distribution center. Everybody put that in the comments. God is the source, is the source. I am a distribution center. And more specifically, I'm his distribution. I'm center. his distribution center, right? So it says supernatural things have already been assigned to you. So don't forget my plans for you have always been good for I have desired to cause restoration to manifest in every area of your life. Now you ought to be sharing this with everybody. And if, because he, and if he says, don't forget, that means there's the opportunity to, to forget. forget. Just like when the Bible says over 300 right. times fear not. Right. Why does he say because fear not? Because there's an opportunity to fear. So there's an opportunity to forget. So he says, don't forget my plans. Don't, don't forget, forget my, my plans. plans when, when all chaos is going on, when all hell is breaking loose in your life, when you get a bad doctor's report, when, when you, when you, when you're being asked to help more than what you think you have the ability to help. Don't forget his plan. Don't forget. Tell your neighbor, don't forget. So I was thinking about this because this word supernatural shows up twice in the first paragraph. And I was like, you know, a lot of times we think we know what a word means, but we don't actually take the time to know what the word means. So what does super mean? It means over, above, beyond, to surpass, outside the natural realm. So super is outside the natural realm. That's what I want you to think about. What is natural? Natural is what happens always or most always. Natural is normal. So what God is saying is that I want to go over and above, beyond and surpass what is natural, what is normal, what almost always happens. Guys, that is really, really good, right? The commandment to walk by faith is an invitation to walk above what is normal and what always or almost mostly occurs. Does that make sense? So supernatural, it's over and above what naturally happens, not the ordinary course of actions. Can y'all put that back up on the screen? You ought to take a picture of that right there. Supernatural is over and above what naturally happens, not the ordinary course of actions. So when God invites us to walk by faith, he is asking us, he is inviting us to come out of the normal ordinary course of actions, right? This is so good to me. He's like, I know what's happening in the world, but you don't have to live normal. I know what's happening with the knees, but you don't have to live ordinary. 
Faith is an invitation to live over and above what naturally happens, not the ordinary course of action. Yeah. And here's the thing. We have to know this. God assures us that he has made provision for us no matter what the world is doing. Mm -hmm. God is not limited by any economic downturn. He's not limited by any policy, any, any laws. God is not governed in the way that we are. And so while we live in this natural world and while we are human beings, God has the ability to wrap his super around our natural to cause us to always be in a position of over and above what naturally happens. He's always able to cause us to rise up and not be ordinary and not to have to take the ordinary course of actions the way other people would. There That's was, good. There, there's a sister Sandy uh, used to say, and I'll never forget, man, we were on Deer Street when she said it. She said, God makes a difference between, between us and, and them. them. And I'll never forget the statement that she, when she said that, because I thought, well, wait a minute. And then she took us to scripture and showed us where God does make a difference between us and them. Is God a respecter of persons? No, he's not a respecter of persons. But when his super gets on anything natural, there's a difference. There is a difference. And so that's the thing. Those of us who are called uh, according to God's purpose, we get that, 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 that extra boost on our lives. It's his super. It's his ability. It's what Jesus had on his life. It's what, it's what everybody who went and did the work of the Lord had on their lives. The supernatural ability, our ability to do and, and to receive and to give over and above what's normal. Absolutely. And the difference really is access by faith. Access by it faith. It is access by faith. Hear what I'm saying. There is supernatural provision for every believer. But the only believers that consistently operate in supernatural provision are those who consistently operate by faith. And that's why the Bible said that why the guiding word says don't forget because it's so easy to forget because you live in the world. You're bombarded with news. You're bombarded with demands. You're bombarded with requests. He says it is so easy for you to start to look at yourself and to look at the world to determine what is possible for you. Yep. But you told us earlier, we have to be like Jesus and we have to look up to heaven. We have to keep our eyes fixed on what God has said. Mm -hmm. There is supernatural provision for me too, but it's only accessed by faith. If I refuse to walk in faith, if I choose to take the normal path, if I choose to say that's too extreme, if I choose to exclude myself, there is a gate open with provision that is already there with my name on it, but I will not access it because I refuse to engage in faith. Yeah, you need to type this in the comment section. Say, I have a supernatural advantage. I have a supernatural have, advantage. Because that's the thing you have to remind yourself of. When he says, don't forget, when he tells us to not forget the plans that he has for us, how do I remember that? I remember that by telling myself, even when I'm going through some of the work, some of what I may consider the most difficult of times, I tell myself, 
Edwin, you have a supernatural advantage. You are not stuck. You are not average. You are not like everybody else. You have a supernatural advantage. Can y'all put that in the comments? I have a supernatural advantage. And you gotta, you gotta, you gotta not just type it like because Pastor said so. You gotta believe it. You got to believe that in whatever situation you find yourself in, you have a supernatural advantage in that situation. I'm telling you, you go in for an interview, I have a supernatural advantage. They look at me different. It's something about me that they see that they like about me more than they like about anybody else. And it ain't got nothing to do with anybody else, but it's got to do with what I walk in. And I know people say, well, what about the other people who are also Christians? I don't know about them. I know that I have a supernatural advantage. And when I say I have a supernatural supernatural advantage it does something for my psyche it does something for my soul it allows everything that god is to bubble up to the forefront of who i am in that situation that's so good and this is really different because i want you to understand that what i see a lot of time for believers i see a lot of believers who say things like i deserve x but you're trying to put your deserving on your own on ability. ability yes i deserve a good job mm -hmm. i deserve a good man no, I have a supernatural ability. It is not me. It is because of God that is in me. Do y'all see the difference in that? Because it really does. When I see a lot of believers that are always on social media talking about what they deserve, the truth of it is, is that anything we deserve, it is only because Jesus has earmarked it for mm -hmm. us. In our own selves, we don't deserve anything but eternal damnation. There is a difference between saying, I deserve a good job because I have worked hard, instead of saying I deserve a good, a good job because I have a supernatural advantage because God is working in me. Do y'all see the difference mm -hmm. in that? Because that is a huge difference. And a lot of times as believers, we are co-signing these agreements that are really new age and really self-promotion. They are not God-centered. Mm -hmm. All of the increase in my life, all of the favor on my life, all of the supernatural in my life, it is because of God. It is not because of me. It has nothing to do with what I can manifest. It has everything to do with what God has called to be in my life. Well, all and, right. And me aligning to that. All right. It has nothing to do with my own personal ability to manifest anything. Because if you could manifest something, you'd manifest, you'd manifest your salvation. But you couldn't manifest your salvation. You needed a savior for it. And because you needed a savior for it, it shows you the limit, the, the limited ability of your human frailty. Therefore, once I understand that, I can then take off this idea of what I can do. And I rely on God, all of my reliance without a safety net on him. So yes. whatever he's called to be in my life, I have the supernatural advantage to get it done through Ooh. him and because of him. Ooh. I have a supernatural advantage. Can y'all say that again? I have a supernatural advantage. Mm -hmm. Now, how many of you, I don't know if y'all have ever seen this, but sometimes Pastor Edwin and I, we watch these interviews. And one of the things that I'm going to tell you that I think is an incredibly stupid thing is that I will see a kid whose parents are really successful in business or really successful in, in Hollywood or oh, really yeah. successful in music. And the kid will be like, I had to make, I wanted to make it on my own. Can y'all put in the comments, stupid? Stupid. The whole point of generational blessing 
is that the next generation doesn't have to work as hard as the first generation. Well, Christ was the new generation into a new covenant so that nobody ever has to work as hard for what they had to work as hard for before. It is stupid to think you need to do it on your own. It is stupid to think you need to reply to a, to, to rely on your intellect, your credit score, and what's in your account. That is stupid. Why would you have an, they got a natural advantage that they're resisting. Why would we have a supernatural advantage and then say, I want to do it on my own? Someone asked one time, because we said on the broadcast that we wanted our ceiling to be our kids floor. And we said that on the broadcast and we still believe that. Absolutely. And, and they said, well, how do you, how, why would you say that? If you, if your ceiling is your kid's floor, then they don't learn the lessons that you learn building from the floor to the ceiling. And I said, and then they said, and as a pastor, how, how can you say that? I said, well, think about it, right? Jesus is our elder brother, right? God is our father. Jesus says to us, he says, greater works shall you do than I have done. Why? Because even Jesus had an expectation. Now think about this. Oh, that's good. Even Jesus had an expectation that his ceiling would be our floor. This world should not look the way it looks if we all as believers understood that we're not trying to get to where Jesus was. Jesus says, I've come, I've walked it out, I've shown you what to do, I've given you the example, I've modeled it for you in real life, in the same earth you're in. Your floor should be my ceiling. Go do greater than what I did. Raising the dead ought to be a daily occurrence for you. Casting out cancer should be a daily occurrence for you. Making sure everything is provided should be a daily occurrence for you. Grow, multiply, uh, all of that should be a daily occurrence for you. And I think that we don't think about that sometimes because we think, oh, if I could just be like Jesus. And Jesus says, don't be like me. Go do more than I did. Let my ceiling be your floor. Oh. And I know that's a tall task no, for no, people. No, that's good. That's good. But it's the truth. Can I tell y'all what our problem is? And this is an opportunity we can all grow. We're all too realistic. Mm -hmm. We are too realistic. I'm going to give you an example. Babe, you remember R.W. Shambuck. Mm -hmm. A lot of y'all don't know R.W. Shambuck, but some of you do. If you know R.W. Shambuck, let me see your hands. I was listening to a testimony from him the other day. And he was talking, I mean, he's gone on to be with the Lord, but he was talking about how when God tells you something, your only job is to believe and obey. Mm -hmm. And he was talking about, I think it was in the 50s or the 60s. Um, and he was talking about how um, he had gone out and he had been doing all of these revivals and stuff. And he had come back to his hometown and he wanted to have a meeting and nobody would let him have a meeting space. He said none of the preachers would let him have a meeting space because he spoke in tongues, because he was charismatic and they didn't want that smoke. Right. He said so he went out and he rented a um this the equivalent to a ywca but it was for jewish women mm. he said it had a big auditorium it had swimming lanes it had basketball courts it had a cafeteria it was everything and he began to have a meeting in there right he said the meeting was a thousand dollars a night now you think about that that wasn't a yep. lot of money back then mm -hmm. he said but he had the meetings because god told him and god provided he said one day as, as he finishes a meeting, he has taught about 
that the Lord says, every place I've given you, every place I, every place your feet touch is yours, right? He says that when he got through, the Lord said, well, what are you going to do about it? He was like, Lord, what do you mean? He said, you are in this building. He said, I want this building to be yours. Let me pause and insert. Listen to the difference. He didn't just decide he wanted the building and ask God to bless it. The Lord said to him, I want you to have mm, this, mm, right? Mm. So he says that he says to the other preachers that have come around, will anybody walk this building with me? Mm. He said, because where my feet touch, that's what I have, right? He says, the, the rest of the preachers are like, oh, no, let me go get in my car. Basically, I'm not going to be no fool with you walking around this building, talking about this building is yours. So he says he walks around the building. He goes home, goes to bed, gets up the next day, comes back, and there is a for sale sign on the door of the building, mm. right? He says he grabs the sign, looks at the number, goes to the place, gets in there and says, how dare you sell my building? Now, I'm listening to his testimony. Y'all probably listened to his testimony. And what we all just thought is R.W. Shambuck is crazy. Because this is not his building, because he done told us that he is renting this building for $1,000 a night, right? The real estate agent says to him, you want to buy this building? He says, the building is already mine. He's like, man, you got to be, you one of them crazy preachers. He says, um, I'm going to tell you, if you want to make an offer on the building, they turned down an offer of $265,000. They turned it down. He said, he's thinking in his head, I don't have no money. He can hear the Lord saying, it's, it's your building. He tells the Lord, well, tell me what to offer. He says, the Lord says, offer them $75,000. How many of y'all know that don't make no sense? It doesn't make any sense when they already turned down an offer for $265,000 to then make an offer for $75,000, mm -hmm. right? The realtor says, I'm not even going to tell that to them. He says, you you don't, you don't, legally cannot tell not tell the people of an offer I have given them. He says he turns to walk out the door and the Lord says to tell him, tell them call right now. Call right now. So he has, he tells the man, call right now. The man calls and the man is on the phone in the same way that any of us would be if we were on the phone, if somebody had turned down a $265,000 offer and we were now presenting a $75,000 offer, right? The man, he says he's watching the man and the man starts out, you know, like this is the stupidest thing I've ever heard. And then the man is like, oh, really? Really? You sure? Okay. All right. They accepted the $75,000. But here was the even bigger supernatural. It was an insurance company that owned the building. When it went to the operator, for whatever reason, it didn't go to the operator. And instead, it went to the room where they were having their board meeting at the time. Who answered the phone? The chairman of the board. Mm. The chairman of the board said, we've had such a good year Sure, we'll sell the building to a preacher for $75,000. Y'all want to know what else? He didn't have the $75,000, but he kept believing God and they paid off the building. I was listening to that testimony and I said, Sean Strickland, you are too realistic. Mm -hmm. You are too set on earth and what seems normal. You are too conditioned for the normal 
to allow God to do everything supernatural he wants to do. Mm -hmm. Now, the reality of it is, is that all of us have probably seen some supernatural things. Mm -hmm. We all have some testimonies of something that we have experienced that was beyond what the ordinary. But I believe Ephesians 3, 3 and 20 confirms that God wants to do exceeding abundantly above all that we can ask or think. Guys, we got to untie God's hands. Mm -hmm. And how do we untie God's hands? By faith. Tell your neighbor, untie God's hands. Mm -hmm. We all got to untie God's hands. All right. You want to yeah. do paragraph two? Yeah, yeah that's fine. We'll, we'll jump into the second part of this. I'll just say, though, that, you know, you, you hear a testimony like that and, I, you know, people go, oh, my God, that's going to be me. It can be you. It may not be you in the same way. Come on. And, and you have to understand that the, the testimony is designed to elevate your ability to believe. Teachers. It doesn't mean that, that that you're believing for a house and now you're supposed to start going to open houses on a Sunday, snatching signs, talking about this, my house. Come on. Did What did God say to you? That's you know, good. What did God say to you? How did God say it to you? The thing that got R.W. Shambach that building was his radical obedience to God. That's what got it. It wasn't just that he wanted it. It was his radical obedience to adhering and to trusting God and being willing to to trust God, a.k.a. rely on God with no safety net. And he didn't value his own reputation. Ooh, that's Let's good. just be honest. Most of us, if God told us to go and make a $150,000 offer on a $500,000 house, our own reputation or, or our ability to look to look foolish will stop us from going any further. And, and, and so when you talk about supernatural, you know, you have to be willing to forget about your reputation. You think about the man who, when the Lord, the Lord told the prophet to go to the brook, cherub, he said, I'm going to cause ravens to feed you. You got to be like, wait a minute now. Am I really willing to, to risk going here? And then he says, OK, now I want you to go to a widow woman. Am I really willing to do this? But you find people who had great encounters with God were always willing to throw down their own reputation in order for radical obedience. So, oh, no, 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 no. That's so good. Do you guys understand what we're saying? We're, we're, it's very, it always starts with what we're always talking about. What did God say? Mm -hmm. I don't have the right to hijack R.W. Shambuck's testimony mm -hmm. and say, I'm going to get a building like that. Right. What I have the right to do is to say, God, give me instructions for what you want to do supernaturally in my life. Yes. I don't know how you're going to do it, but I'm aligned with what you're doing because I think where people get off in faith sometimes is that you now decide you want something yes. and you think that because you want it, God is obligated to do for you what he did for somebody mm -hmm. else. But God is only obligated to honor his own word. And so that's why hearing God is so important. Pastor told us earlier in this session, what did he say to us? We got to hear about everything, about the small things, about the medium things, about the big things, right? Why? Because when we practice hearing God, yep. we're going to hear those nudges when he calls us to go beyond where we would normally go because we are conditioned for the ordinary. What we have to get conditioned for is the supernatural. And we do that not by meditating on our dreams, but by meditating on his word. Mm -hmm. Which goes, which, which ties into the second part 
uh, the second paragraph of our guiding words. So let's take a look at this uh, second part. It, ta it starts off with these wonderful words. Do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. <laughs> Do not be afraid of what? Of any announcements that are going to come within the first six months of this year. He says, remind yourselves that you are in my hands. Again, no matter what you're going through, remind yourself that you have a supernatural advantage. Why? Because you are in his hands. He says, and as a result of that, I will take, take care, care of you. you. He says, don't walk in fear of those things that you see happening around you. For I am your father in covenant. In covenant. He says, we have a covenant relationship, a, a covenant relationship. And I don't we don't get covenant the way they got covenant because we, 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 we think sometimes of, of marriage being covenant. But we see 50 percent of marriages end in divorce, even in the church. But when you think about covenant here, one of the most powerful covenants, I believe, was 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 the blood covenant and the salt covenant. And the salt covenant was so amazing because they would carry these small pouches of salt. And what they would say is, hey, we're going to be in agreement together. I would take a pinch of my salt and you would take a pinch of your salt. And as I was putting my salt in your pouch, you was putting yours in mine. They would take those pouches and shake them. And then they would say, if you can get all the grains of salt that belong to you out of my pouch, and if I can get all the grains of salt out of your pouch back into mine, then our covenant will be broken. That's good. But until then, this covenant is everlasting. Yes. And that's the example of the promise that God has. So when he says this word to us, it's not just mere semantics. He says, I am your father in, in covenant. covenant. In other words, it can't be broken. Our relationship is steadfast. He says, and because of that, the angels that I have already assigned to you, they are already encamped around you and have been given their assignment. They already know what they're supposed to do to protect you and to guard you against any need or lack. And so all we have to learn to do is to partner with God so our warring angels can do what they're assigned to do. We just need to make sure that we're in alignment that we're in agreement so that literally heaven can do what it's been called to do in our lives. Oh, that's so good. Come on. Y'all just stop and praise the Lord for about 13 seconds. Just stop it. We have such a good God. He is so He's incredibly amazing. mindful of us. We have a good God, y'all. Abba is a good father. Mm -hmm. Look at what he said. He says, you are in the earth. But your home is in heaven and I am your father. You don't have to wait to get to heaven to receive my goodness. And I've already assigned ministering angels to be your assistants. Yes. The first paragraph of the guiding word tells us that God has provided for us supernaturally so we can avoid living in the second paragraph of lack, right? He tells us there are going to be natural occurrences in the world. Mm -hmm. There are going to be financial troubles. There are going to be political troubles. There are going to be all these things to happen. But he also tells us there is a way of escape. It is the walk of faith. Mm -hmm. When I choose to believe God, I take the invitation to leave the ordinary. I may look crazy to you when I'm believing God, but the beauty of me believing God is that the breakthrough that comes in my life, it allows me to supersede what should naturally apply to me too. 
The walk of faith is the walk out of the ordinary. Mm -hmm. It is natural and ordinary for people to lose their jobs. It is natural and ordinary for people to lose their homes, their pensions, their investments, things in the stock market. It is supernatural to be provided for even when the ordinary is happening. I love that. It is supernatural to be provided Provided for even when when the the ordinary ordinary is is happening. He never tells us that we can stop the ordinary from happening. He tells us that if we trust him, we can experience his provision even as the ordinary is happening. Amen. Glory to God. Amen. The guiding word reminds me of what God tells us in Psalms 91 and 7 in the contemporary English version. It says, you will not be harmed though thousands fall all around you. That's, that's, Somebody that's, ta- that's that covenant promise. That's that covenant promise. I will not be harmed, though thousands fall around me. But the message is even better mm-hmm. to me. Even though others succumb all around and drop like flies right and left, no harm will even graze you. Now, I'm going to tell y'all something. The reason faith rubs people wrong is because faith has the audacity to say that even though it's happening to other people, it does not happen to me. And it sounds like arrogance to those who don't know our trust is in the Lord. I remember years ago, my kids didn't take, our kids didn't take the flu shot. Mm -hmm. And whenever their teacher would ask them, do they want the flu shot? My kids never would just say no. All our kids would say what, babe? They would say, no, we don't get the flu. We don't get the flu. And then Caleb would say, Jesus is my flu shot. Mm -hmm. And all them teachers would get so worked up. But this is the truth. To this day, no child living in our home, I don't know what has happened to them in their own homes, but no child living in our home has ever had the flu. Yeah. And I think it's important to, again, I want to be, I want to be really clear. You can't be like, well, Pastor Edwin, Pastor Sean, kids didn't take a flu shot. Mine ain't. The Lord told us not to give them that flu shot. That don't mean that they didn't have their other vaccinations and all that other Come stuff. On. Thank you, God. You have to hear God about the decisions that you're making. You have to hear God. And the, when they, when our kids were little, the Lord said, don't give them that flu shot. Well, who am I to tell God what to do with the kids he gave me? So he said, don't do it. So we didn't. And then we trusted and believed that as a result of hearing God, their health would be taken care of. And it was. And, and again, I don't want people to be, to leave the broadcast saying, well, Pastor Edwin, Pastor Sean said, don't get them kids them shots. That's not what we said. What we said is that we heard from God about that particular thing with our particular children and we walked it out by faith and it showed up to be exactly what God said. Why? Because in the guiding word, he says he'll take care of us. And in Psalms 91 and 7, he says, even though they be dropping like flies to your left and to your right, he says, you will not even get grazed. And so we relied on God's word for our life in that area. Did they get their measles, mumps, and rubella shots? Yes. Why? Because when it came time to get no shots, the Lord said to give them no shots. And so we just asked God about what we should do. And I can't drill in to you enough 
as your pastor that you have got to hear God. You cannot live your spiritual life vicariously through someone else. What did so-and-so do? Well, I'm going to do that. What did so-and-so do? Well, I'm going to do that. What did so-and-so do? I'm going to do that. No. What did God say to you about that current situation? And I want to say this, that every single believer, whether you take a shot or not, should say, I don't get the flu. I don't get the flu because I have watched some of you get the flu shot and then agree with the fact that after getting the flu shot, you had to get the flu. <laughs> right. You got to say what God said. I don't get the flu. And you got to build your faith up. And then I think Latonya Jackson just said something mm -hmm. so good. She said, and he may tell you to do one thing for one child and something different for another child. That's why I tell people all the time, you got to hear what God is saying. You got to hear what God said and what God is saying. You need to hear them both because he may have told you, don't get that child a shot. The next the next season, he may tell you to do it. It is not our job to, to ascertain to why he said no and why he said yes. What is he saying? What is he saying? And how can I walk out what God is saying in my life? But that's why it's important to hear God clearly so you're not just making up stuff too, though. Well, amen. 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 And one of the things that helps us is to get in the word. The truth of it is, is that if you're going to walk in divine health, you need to have scripture in your heart. Mm -hmm. If you're going to walk in divine provision and wealth, you need to have scripture in your heart. I was talking to somebody just this morning and they were saying to me, I read my Bible. I don't understand why I'm struggling financially. I was like, how many scriptures do you know about provision? Because hear me, guys. <laughs> you're reading about love. That's wonderful. That's wonderful that you're reading about love, but if provision is the area of your life, you need word about that area. Like you're reading about the seven seals. Right. Like you need to study the script. And we're so blessed because 25 years ago, when we really, really started studying the word, you couldn't go to Blue Letter and find this stuff. You had to have all the books yourself. You literally can go in and say, pull up all the scriptures about provision. Pull up all the scriptures about healing. Pull up all the scriptures about a sound mind. Now, let me take this. There is supernatural provision for those of you who don't have a sound mind. There is supernatural provision. God will give you a new mind. Mm -hmm. Hear what I'm saying. I'm saying this by the Holy Ghost. Kristen Barlow Strickland Valley is evidence that God will give you a new mind. He will give you a new mind. But when her mind was being attacked, she was aggressive in the word about her mind. Mm -hmm. Faith is a position of being aggressive. Look at this. Psalms 91 and 7 says, even though others succumb around you and drop like flies, no harm will graze you. Do you understand that that is the position of someone in faith? Mm -hmm. That is someone that is saying that even as people are dropping, they won't say that's going to happen to me too. They won't say I'm next. They won't say it's inevitable. They won't say it's ordinary. They won't say it's natural because I'm a human. They say no. Even if 10,000 fall on my right side and 1,000 fall on my left side, it shall not come near me. Amen. It's a, it's a position that will irritate Oh, it irritates who, who are not able to Ooh. fully trust God. You know, it was an irritant when I said I wasn't going to get COVID. 
It was Ooh. irritant to people. Now that I, I followed for, for uh, what I tried to do, <laughs> a lot of the mandated uh, mass things and, and and other things. I, I tried to stay home and as, as much as possible and keep my six feet away. Uh, I didn't do as well as some, or as some would have liked me to. But I t I, I wasn't going to get COVID, and I'm not saying that anybody who got COVID didn't have faith. I'm simply saying I said I wasn't going to get COVID. And I and I and I and I and, and I and I rested my faith on this word, and I didn't. Now that's not to say again that anybody who did didn't have faith. But I'm saying you can. It's an arrogant position for people when they hear you say something, uh, because it's like, well, how can you say that? Well, I, because the word of God says it, and I can put my faith in the word of God, and you can't be mad at me because I choose to believe God differently than you choose to believe God. Well, actually, you can be mad at me, but I don't care. Well, right, no, right, you right, actually right. can, you can be, be mad at me. I don't care. This but what you right. ought to do is learn to live. Now, I had very different instructions with around COVID. And this is what he said to me. He said, you have a lot of influence and people will follow your lead. If you act like COVID is not a real thing, there are people who do not believe like you do, and they will be hurt by mm. that. And I need you to restrain yourself as a result of that, because we need to understand that everything that is lawful is not expedient, which right. is why it's important for us to hear God. Mm -hmm. There may be things that it would be okay for you to do, but the Lord will restrain you because those who are following after you do not live in the same position and of if faith. the Lord restrains you, it's not okay for you to do it. And if the Lord <laughs> restrains you, it's not okay for you to do it, right? Right. God wants us to live supernaturally. Say this, I live a supernatural lifestyle. I live a supernatural lifestyle now I have and I have a supernatural advantage. Let, let me ask you this. I haven't asked this the whole thing. Are y'all getting something from this teaching? Is this teaching helping you? Put in the comments how this teaching is helping you, right? This, we must learn to believe God over everything. Yep. Now, we, we, you see people that say FOE, family over everything. No, it should be GOE, God over everything. I believe God over everybody. It, the Bible says, let God be true and let everybody be, and, and, and every, man, be every man be a liar, right? The, um, the saints say, I know the Bible is right and somebody is wrong. We need to make a decision that we believe God over everything. Yes. That is faith. Faith is believing God over everything. Faith is me saying, I'm taking my mind back because the Bible says I have the mind of Christ. Faith is me saying, I am healed because God says I am healed. Faith is me saying, faith is me saying, I have supernatural provision and I don't care what happens in this economy, I will still be a distribution center. It is making a choice to believe God over everything. Yep. Yes. Now let's keep going because we still walking in this. Because you need to realize this. You're going to eat the fruit of whatever you believe. You are. Right now, you are eating the fruit of what you believe. Now, a lot of you not go like this. Your money is funny, not because you don't love Jesus, but because you eat the fruit of what you believe. And you believe that lack and insufficiency and cycles and running out of money is normal for you. So you have made covenant with lack. So even though there are supernatural gates open, mm -hmm. angels assigned to you mm -hmm. and provision assigned to you, you are still more convinced in lack than you are in God's provision. And you need to repent and you need to break up with that today and say, God, I repent for exalting my paycheck, for exalting what was in my account, for exalting the economy. Now teach me to live by faith 
You are my source. And you can check what you are living by, by what on. you're saying. You can so you, you, you're going to eat the fruit of whatever you believe. And you say, well, what do I really believe? Well, what you really believe is what you say in times of pressure. That's how you can check it. What do you say in times of pressure? Because in times of pressure, it's going to reveal what you actually believe. Look, look, let's stop and give this testimony. Um, one of the things that you should know about Pastor Edwin and I is that um, um, what did Black Panther say? Uh, we never freeze. We don't freeze in pressure. And so we were under a time constraint to be able to buy the boys a townhouse, right? And they talk about whatever the market is in Atlanta that you're going to pay over, that you're going to do all of these different things. And the very first townhouse that we bid on, the piece, somebody outbid us. They went $27,000 over asking. Our realtor was freaking out. We was like, we were saying to our realtor, we was like, calm down, it's baby. Okay. Don't worry about it. It's a house with our name on it. We probably, how many, how many deals did we lose? We lost. Well, how many deals did we not get? We didn't technically lose them. We, we refused to go above what God had said to pay. And then they pulled the one and deal. And then they pulled the one deal. And then we were second for the other deal. Mm -hmm. And there was a contract problem. Half a dozen, us. maybe? But this is what we kept saying. Half a dozen. This is what we kept saying. We'll call it six. God knows that Chase and Caleb need a place. And God knows when Chase and Caleb need a place. And he knows where. And he knows where they need a place. Yep. And God knows what he told us to pay for a place. And then I thought about what Dr. Ivy he could always say. You know I'm going to say this. What? God already knows. What he going to do. What he going to do. And then I thought about <laughs> what mom said. You don't need it. Till you need it. Till you need it. Listen, those are some those are some no. phrases. Some those are some affirmations that will anchor your behind. You hear me? No, say what Dr. <laughs> he said again. God already knows what he's going to do. Doc Higgins says that when you are in a pressure situation and you have gone as far as your faith will take you, you need to rely on the fact that God already knows what he's going to do. And because God already knows what he's going to do, I don't have to know how it's going to work out. I just know it's going to work out. So she would be so stressed out every time we lost a deal, she right? Would. She would just be so stressed out. We'd be like, ma'am, just calm down. Don't worry about it. God got a place and for we us. And we were like, we're not upset. We're, we're not upset. We're not blaming you. We don't don't you worry know, about we, it. We, 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 we're fine. We will find what we're looking for. So the place that the boys wanted the most. The most. The most. We lost it. And not only did we lose it, but we actually were willing to pay about, about fifteen to 20000 over asking. But someone, Because we knew it was underpriced. We, it was underpriced. And so somebody came in and, and I guess they outbid us or whatever the case may be. Even then, we were like, hey, it's, it's cool. Like, it's okay. If it's not our place, it's not our place. God already knows. Listen, she said, what she's she, do. She, I talked to her the next day. She said, I ain't even have a good day. She couldn't even enjoy Memorial Day. But God already knows what he going to do. He already knows. But God already knows what he going to do. Somebody ought to be saying that about your current situation. But God situation. already knows what he going to do. God already knows what he's going to do about this bill. God already knows what he's going to do about this relationship. God already knows what he's going to do about my wayward child. God already knows what he's going to do about my career. God already knows what he's going to do. So four days later, they came back and said, would you make us that offer again? And not only did we make it for a little bit less, we got them to fix some things that they didn't intend to fix and to bring some money to close. It. And what? what we told them was, is that here is our offer. 
if you put it back on the market, we don't want to make an offer. We don't want to make an offer. Because if it's our place, let's stop playing around. And if it's not, we'll find what God has for us. And so they did not put it back <laughs> on the market. It's like, hey, if it's if if the if what you took first didn't work and you want us, then this is it. And God already knows what he's gonna do. So we close what? On next a, week? Next week. We close next week. <laughs> and I'm believing God that we're gonna pay it off like supernaturally because now I'm stared up by the supernatural. Amen. Listen, let me tell y'all something. Faith will make you talk crazy to a situation to make it line up. Mm -hmm. See, one of the ways you know whether mm -hmm. you're in faith is by what you're saying to the situation. Mm -hmm. Is the situation What's talking to you mouth? or are you talking to the situation? Mm -hmm. Faith will make you. I literally, we went to Atlanta for graduation and I, we were standing outside one day and I looked around and I said, hey, Atlanta, there is a place you owe me for my boys and you will give it to me. Faith will make you look crazy, arrogant, and gangster. But all of that is because you are backed by something supernatural. Not because you can manifest Not because it. you can manifest <laughs> it. Because you're like, I already know what God said. Can y'all take some more? Man, this is good. We got a few more minutes. Listen. Now listen. Let's look in the third paragraph of the guiding word. It says, so prepare yourself. And repent and turn away from godless behavior. Yep. Allow my word to cut away hidden sin all and iniquity. Hidden sin. All hidden sin and iniquity. And then watch me take care of your needs. Let me pause and say this. You can walk through scripture, Old Testament and New, and see that there has always been a connection between obedience and provision. And we used to say it this way all the time. On the other side of obedience is provision. It's provision. And uh, no, you need to understand this. Scripture is clear, it's clear. from beginning to end. On the other side, it of doesn't mean God doesn't love you. It doesn't mean God doesn't care. But if you don't obey God, Isaiah 1:19, if you are willing and obedient, you will eat the good of the land. If you rebel, you will be devoured like a dog in the street. Why? Not because God wants you to be devoured, but because if you choose disobedience, you will miss God's best mm -hmm. every single time. Every single time. It says, so rejoice now, and I will begin to show you those things that will take you from one level of glory, insert faith, one level of glory and faith to the next level of glory and faith. See, this teaching right here is really introduction to some, but it's correction to others. Mm. Some of us, some of you, you didn't know how to live by supernatural provision, and some of us did, but we got slack. Now is the time to get out of slackness and repent and go back to expecting God to be exactly who he says he is, regardless to how much money you mm -hmm. have in your account. Mm -hmm. Right. He says, I, I love this. I, right here. He says, I, will, I will cause you, you to walk, walk on. on your circumstances, your circumstances and your situations. Mm -hmm. No, no, no. I will cause you to walk on. I will cause you to walk on on your circumstances and your situations. What's walking on you right now? Because whatever's walking on you, you ought to be walking on it. I hear this and I think about how we are to brood, we are to step on the head of the serpent. Absolutely. They may bruise our head, but we'll crush his head. We'll crush your We're head. We're supposed to walk on 
our circumstance. We're supposed to walk on those those negative situations in our lives. The other thing that really stood out to me, let me finish this. It says, I will cause you to walk on your circumstances and your situations if you will not forget that it is my love and it is my grace that will cause these things to be so. That goes right back to what we said. Yeah. It's not our smarts. It's not, it's not our intellect. It's not our manifestation. It is us walking by faith. Yeah. And I realized this. I was thinking about this. One of the reasons I preach so hard about obedience is that I understand None of this stuff we're talking about can ever be yours if you're rebellious. Mm -hmm. That is one of the reasons I'm always saying, come on, guys, obey God. Come on, guys, do what God is saying. And there are many of you that this really needs to be your draw the line in the sand day. That it is not that you don't love Jesus. It is not that you don't go to church. Um, we have had several people tell us about jobs that they have lost in this month. But the truth of it is, and this may sting a little bit, but you need to hear it. Your pastor gave you a word to start getting new jobs over a year ago. Yeah. But what happens for people is you think you're the exception and the enemy lulls you into believing that you're the exception so he can sucker punch you. Some of the people who lost their jobs, had you been at the next job that God told you to get, why didn't you go? You were comfortable. Mm -hmm. Literally, our man of God has said to us that everybody in this ministry ought to make at least $100,000. That means you don't need another word about money if you're not making $100,000 because you already know you should be looking for jobs that bring you into that place. So one of the things that's so sad for us guys is that somebody will call and tell us that they're dealing with a circumstance that they should never have been dealing with had they followed the instructions. Had they followed the instruction, and I'll give you a great example. You can feel tremendous empathy for your kid because they got hurt because they failed because they was running through the house. Mm -hmm. But how many times did you tell them to stop running through the house? We got a couple of kids who, and I, a couple of kids with scars that can show you because they were, they were running through the house or on something they weren't supposed to. And we told them to get off and they didn't. And now they got cuts above the eyes and in their head and other places. Reminders of what disobedience leaves. Disobedience leaves us with scars. Obedience leaves us with provision. Ooh, that's good. Disobedience leaves us with scars. Obedience leaves us with provision. <laughs> yes. Who wants to get in alignment today? Listen, if you're like, I got to get in alignment and I'm making a shift, put a one in the comments, right? Godless living is the enemy of your faith mm -hmm. and it cuts off your access to supernatural provision of God. Mm -hmm. The last part of the guiding word says, I am your father who cannot lie. Amen. So don't forget it. Just let me Just work. let me do me. Don't fear or <laughs> doubt, but live your days with a joyful heart and begin to rejoice and know that I am your God. Yes, you are. So no matter what comes, remain in a place of thankfulness and appreciation of this day. And in every situation, know that I will show you the way. This is great thankfulness. Great, great thankfulness. thankfulness. Yes. Great Remain thankfulness. Great thankfulness. Great thankfulness. Great thankfulness. That's that attitude of gratitude. That even if I'm going through right now, God, I'm giving you praise because I know you already know what you're going to do. 
That, yes. that, that's the people wonder how, how do you get to that place? You get to that place because you start to realize it ain't you anyway. That whatever situation you may find yourself in, whatever circumstance you may be going through, it is a great time to give God praise. For what? For what I'm going through? Yes. And for the fact that I know he already knows how he's going to bring me out. I'm giving God. I, it's, it's, it's like it's like Usain Bolt used to do. And people thought it was so arrogant. He would he would celebrate before he ran 100 meters. Well, he already knew what the end was going to be. You already know that God's going to get you out of this situation if you are following him and doing the things he told you to do. So you don't have to wait until the situation is over. You can be in a place of great thankfulness right now, giving him praise, saying, God, you know what? I'm, I'm, I thank you for letting me go through it. Why? Not because I want to be going through it, but because I'm going through it, it's indication that you're going to bring me out. So I'm going to go ahead and give you some praise right now before I ever see the end of it. I heard somebody say this, and you may remember who, but they said basically... God is so good that he uses what the enemy want to destroy you to teach you to lift weights. Yep. He teaches you to be stronger with it. Why? Because when those when the financial lack comes, we get to see our own gaps. When the financial, when the health challenge comes, we get to see our own gaps. So literally the enemy sends something to us. And then the Lord says, let me show you how to use that to make you stronger. So faith to faith means that the water bill that tripped us out in 1994, we don't even flinch about right. in 2023. Right. The, the, the health challenge that flipped, us, that flipped us out in 1997, we don't even trip about. That's what faith to faith and glory to glory should be like. And I want some of y'all to hear this. Many of you have been blessed that you have had people who have rescued you when you have been in financial trouble. Mm. Thank God for that. But you have a responsibility to get in the word about provision so you don't keep needing rescuing. Mm. And what happens for a lot of you is that you get you pray and the Lord has mercy on you and he raises someone else up to help you. But between time A and time B, you do not press into the word. So then what happens is, is that what should have built your faith now becomes your expectation that somebody besides God is going to be your provider. And that is why some of you are in seasons where you are finding God telling you no to helping people you used to help. And why some of you are going back to whales that have been supplying you and the people are saying no, because even the people who have been raised up by God to help you should never never become your source. Amen to that. Now, somebody better take that. Amen. You better hear what I'm just saying Amen. right there, that there are many of you that God has shown you exceeding great mercy and grace. He knows your struggle. He knows you don't make enough. He knows all of the challenges that you have. And he raises up people to help you. But here is your error. He raises up people to help you. And those people tell you to go get a better job. And because you have temporary relief and you apply for three or four jobs and nothing happens, you forget and then you back off or you begin to tithe. And when pressure comes on, you back up off the tithe. But the supernatural provision is for every one of us. And it is our responsibility to hear and obey God. Listen, give me 
10 more minutes. I want to give you the definition of supernatural because I want you to understand this. I want you to understand our working definition. Is this helping anybody today? I, I appreciate how all of y'all are staying. Man, y'all are staying. People are adding. I appreciate this because I want you to be able to live in victory over whatever financial, health, mental situations that are showing up. I want you to know this. So, what is supernatural provision? It is an unlimited, overwhelming supply that comes from God that causes us to walk in victory over natural circumstances. I want you to memorize this. I want you to put it on your mirror. I want you to put it on your phone, on your computer screen. What is supernatural provision? It is an unlimited, overwhelming supply that comes from God, our father, that causes us to walk in victory over natural circumstances. Mm -hmm. What is supernatural provision? It is an unlimited, overwhelming supply that causes us, that comes from God, our father, that causes us to walk in victory over natural circumstances. You want to know how to unfix a fixed income? partner with God and experience supernatural provision. Many of you, whether you work or whether you get social security, you have gotten set in a fixed income. Do you know what breaks a fixed income? The supernatural provision of God. And I want you to know something else. God is not rationing out supernatural provision. Yeah, there's the, the fixed income in, in Christian believers should not be in the same sentence. It should not be in the same Ain't sentence. Ain't nothing fixed about our lives. We are growing and becoming. The only thing about my income is that it's ever increasing. Mm -hmm. My income is ever increasing. My income is ever increasing. Listen, we got so much more to give, but we're going to stop right now. How many of you have been blessed by this word today? Want to encourage you. Listen, if you want to rededicate your life to the Lord today, or if you want to get saved today, because I need you to hear this from the bottom of my heart. God dearly, dearly loves you. But these promises belong to believers. And Jesus thought so much of you that he wrapped himself in flesh, came here so that you could walk with him and have a new identity and be forgiven for your sins. One of the consequences of seeing of Adam and Eve seeing in the earth is poverty. You want to break out of poverty? Partner with Jesus. Mm -hmm. So many of you, you need to, but don't just accept Jesus because you think you're going to get money because then you're going to be disappointed because you're not going to get money because what happens is, is that God always judges your heart and you can't trick God. And, right. part, and part of judging of that heart, the Bible talks about that when you receive a word that you are to uh, sow or, or you are to you are to. How does he say it? He says, when you receive a word, you are to you are to reciprocate your appreciation for that word. And so there are many people I know we have a lot of people who who listen to the broadcast and they talk about how it's changing their lives. And that's great. But you have to ask yourself, what do you give back? What do you give back for the sowing of this word? And so those of you, I'm just encouraging. I'm going I'm to tell you, those of you that were blessed by the word today, if you don't go to church here, not a problem. But you ought to consider giving an offering today. Those of you that are, pa are, are partners here, as Raph says all the time on Wednesday nights, we have 100% partners in this ministry. Tithe. So, I mean, tithers in this ministry. So if you are tither, uh, make sure that don't, don't, don't use these economic times to find yourself cutting back. Remember, we talked about radical obedience today. 
radical obedience and hearing God and following God is, is, is what makes the things that we've talked about happen in your life. So it, we have multiple ways in which you can give multiple ways in which you can give. You can give through Givelify. You can give through uh, Tithely. You can give through uh, PushPay. You can give through text to give And if you're one of our international partners, then you can give through PayPal. We do ask that PayPal be reserved for those who do not live within the United States of America. But the others of you, you can give through Givelify, PushPay, Tithely, or text to give And I encourage you to do it. I encourage you to do it. Why? Because, you know, people have asked us from time and time again, you know, what's been the success uh, that you've seen over your life the last 20 years and how you've been able to increase? We learned from our spiritual parents that we are sowers. We are givers. We, we, we don't rob God of the tithe and we don't shrink from opportunities to give. And when you do that, you find yourself on an ever increasing level uh, in terms of your finances. And that's just part that's part of this idea about kingdom alignment and provision. We do you a disservice to tell you uh, that you don't have to give and you don't have to sow and you don't have to tithe. and You're going to be blessed. You're not I love what CJ said. It's changed my life. No, tithing and sowing will change Absolutely. your life. It will change your life. And, and, and the enemy wants you to, to want you he not want, to do it. The enemy wants, wants you, you to, to think that someone was trying to take something from you. And he wants you not to do it so he has permission to steal from mm -hmm. you. He needs access to your life. He wants access to steal from your life. Mm -hmm. Now, I'm going to give this as some, some words as we get ready to go. If you do not make $100,000, you have been commissioned by your man and woman of God to go find another job. I do not want to hear I like my job. I do not want to hear I like the people. I do not want to hear I am close to retirement. I want to see you moving towards that thing. I want you to begin to ask God to give you supernatural strategies that will allow you to catch up and allow you to accelerate because many of you are coming up on retirement age and you do not have any retirement. And you need to hear me. If you are living check to check, if you are barely making it now, you cannot afford to be passive. You cannot afford to be comfortable. You must get in faith and pursue God and receive what he has for you. That has to be your mindset. Pastor Ann was talking to our son, Chase, who's graduating this summer. And he said to Chase, he said, Chase, I'm going to tell you something. He says, and I tell people this all the time, but they don't listen to me. He says, when you are looking for a new job, looking for a new job should be your job. Yeah, I can't, I can't express that enough how people don't get that. I talk to people all the time who say they're looking for a new job. Even the people who sent me their resumes. I'm like, okay, how many jobs have you applied for? Well, I applied for a couple this week. A couple? You apply for two or three jobs in this week and you're looking for another job. When I am looking for a job, another job, I have to spend time as though it is a job. That means I have to say to myself, I need to spend time finding 10 jobs to apply for Sunday so I can apply for five of them uh, uh, on Monday. And I need to spend time on Monday looking for another 10 so I can apply for five more. And, and I don't think people get that. I think people still think that they live in the age of looking in a newspaper in the back of the newspaper ads in the classified and finding a job. There are thousands of people applying for every job that's available. 
So in order for you to be able to get the opportunity, you have to be applying for multiple jobs. Some of them you're never going to hear back from. Why? Because when the when the when the HR person decided to go and pull the resumes, they only pulled the 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 the, the last 10 from the last two days. And yours wasn't in that pile. Doesn't mean you weren't good enough. You just didn't make it. But you've got to play the numbers game if you're really going to be looking for another job. And I said to I was talking to Chase about this and I was saying this to someone else who I was talking to this week about a job. They was like, well, I only make forty two thousand. How am I going to go from forty two to one hundred? You may not, but you can go to forty two to sixty two. And then if you don't stay there but 24 months, you can go from 62 to 85. And if you stay there another 12 or 14 or 16 months, you can go from 85 to 100. You may not be able to jump from where you are to 100, but there's no reason to keep staying where you are. You're not a tree. You're not stuck. Preach. You know, and, but and, 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 and really it's fear that holds people back because people, I mean, and it's interesting because people say things like, well, I don't want to be a job hopper. Okay, until you get laid off twice. And now you've been laid off twice and now your resume has two holes in it from where you didn't have jobs. And so it doesn't matter that you leave a job to go to another job if you're making sure that the job you're leaving and going to is has more responsibility and has different skills. And you're able to articulate in the interview why you made the transition. People get that. They understand that nobody works a job for 40 years anymore. It just doesn't happen. It just doesn't happen unless even, even and, and, you know, and then I talk to people who have government jobs. They talk about, about about their wonderful benefits. And I ain't, I ain't saying nothing bad about your government job, but you but, but you're not able to eat your benefits. You can't pay your rent now, but you're talking about your great pension 20 years from now. That makes no sense whatsoever. But people get stuck in a certain mindset. And, you know, I, I've, I've tried to stop saying it, but if you like it, I love it. But I tried to stop saying that. But it's like I don't know what else to tell people except how to move and how to be. So let me translate the language in another. <laughs> um, no, Pat. Thanks, Nigel. What do you say? <laughs> I told him mm. to leave a job. Mm -hmm. I told him he was too smart not to make more money than he made. That. I, can I tell y'all two things? Oh, I you see got on his nerves. No, I, I know. That. I got on his nerves. He told me I had got on his nerves. <laughs> I, I remember I, that. I, he told me I had got on his nerves because I, I wanted too much from him. I, I want to tell y'all this because I think that this is so important. I know your faith by your posture. Mm -hmm. And what I know is that when you don't apply but for one or two jobs a week, you ain't in expectation. You're not. Because if you was in, see, I know when You're somebody's not. in expectation of getting a new house because they can't help but looking for a house. Mm -hmm. See, just like I know that if you're in expectation of having a baby, you prepare for a baby. I know that you're not looking to birth a baby of a new job, a baby of a new home, mm -hmm. a baby of a new car by how passive you are. Because anybody who is expecting something has an urgency. In fact, a woman will tell you that there is something that happens when you get close to having the baby that you begin to clean up and do things that you couldn't do before like you didn't have the energy to do before because you know the time is near Faith over the last 30 days we have not spent a single day not focused on finding and closing on this house for these boys. Not a single day. Not a single day. Not a single Why? day. Why? Because it was top of mind. It was important. It, was it wasn't something we casually did. And if you're looking for a job, a one or two jobs a week, you are just casually doing it. You're not really interested in really doing it. You're just casually doing it. 
And you know what it really means? And I want you to hear it in this case. What it really means is you don't take God seriously. You have found a way to disqualify yourself from what God said, because the other thing that you don't understand, and I know some of you may need to go, but I see 82 of you still here. In 2 Chronicles 20, it says, if you believe God, you will be established. But if you believe his prophet, you will prosper. One of the things that many of you do not understand about a about spiritual connection is that your obedience to a word can usher you into something that actually didn't belong for you to you in that time. Mm. So literally, if your man of God, your woman of God, the people that you say you trust come and give you a word and they say you should make a hundred thousand dollars because that's your set place. Heaven now opens up opportunities for you to make what you shouldn't have made, but for five, for five more years, because you chose to obey. But many of you are too casual. And let me just say this. And that's why some of you need to decide who your pastors actually are, because you got too many voices speaking to you. So you listen to some voice that's telling you to increase, some voice that's telling you to cut back, some voice that's telling you to take the mountain, some voice is telling you to climb the mountain but if you are here here is what we're saying supernatural provision belongs to every believer and every partner in fellowship of champions and you have a blood-bought right to to receive it and we decree and declare that when you move in obedience even if god gotta make a job he will make a job because you honored the word that came from heaven and i want you to know that if you are in this ministry on this live right now there is a job for you. Go get it. Amen. Go get it. Don't let fear stop you. Go get it. Go get it. There are house for you. Go get it. There's increase in your business. Go get it. Go How do it. you go get it? You go over these words. You meditate over these words and you do what God tells you to do. You look in that and mirror and you say, I have a supernatural advantage. I got a supernatural I have a advantage. supernatural advantage in my life. And as a result, I can do whatever it is that God's calling me to do. And I can do it quickly and I can do it with ease. And, and here's the thing, guys. You can't minimize our voice when you don't want to do what we say. We can't be amazing can, and no, no, I'm not in receive. <laughs> right. You're right. You can. You can. But the challenge for some of you is that you minimize the voice when it's something you don't want to do. And so you don't understand that some of the ins in instability in your life is because of how you mishandle the voice you prayed for. And it's okay to say to God, God, I'm scared. It is. It's okay to say, God, he keeps it saying is. make $100,000. God, I'm scared. I don't know how I'm going to do it. God will help you. But it's when you don't say it and then you don't do the things that we're telling you to do that you end up in a situation where nothing ever changes. God already knows you're scared. It's okay to tell him that you're scared. It's like, Lord, I believe, but help my unbelief. And then you get in the word to, so help, you can your get to help your unbelief. Yeah. Listen, we excited about this. We're going to be talking about this all week because you know what we want to hear? We're getting ready to hear your supernatural testimonies. There are going to be all type of supernatural testimonies. And for those of you, 77 of you who stayed, let me tell you some of the things that you can begin to put your faith for. You're going to pay off your cars. 
You're going to pay off your houses at accelerated at, at accelerated rates. Some of you are going to get into new houses. Some of you are going to go to new levels of faith that what you used to finance, you pay for in cash. I am telling you Amen. that there is going to be supernatural increase that is being released to you. You better hear what I am saying to you. I am telling you cars paid off. Yes. I am telling you houses paid off. I am telling you new houses with little money paid down. And I'm telling you that there is a new level for those of you. And you're going to know it's you that you're going to begin to pay for things that should be financed over 30 years. And you'll go write one check. You go do one wire transfer. I take that for my own life oh, right there. Man. You go write one check and you go do one wire transfer. Those of you used to drive to vacation, you go fly to vacation. Yes, God knows you got four kids, but guess what? He got a plane with four seats with all your kids' names on it. I'm telling you, God wants to elevate you because some of you don't even realize he needs you on the plane because of who you need to minister to. He needs you in the airport because of who you need to minister to. You are done with the days of barely getting there. You are done with the days of you go to a trip and then you got to manage when you get back. I decree and declare for all who have ears to hear and will obey. I decree and declare supernatural provision and breakthrough in your life now in Jesus name. Amen. 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 I'm, I'm going to call my seed today my supernatural advantage seed. My supernatural advantage my, seed. As soon as I get through and hit this little give the five button. That's my supernatural my. <laughs> advantage seat. We're going to be teaching about this because we're going to be studying about this. And I'll give y'all this. Two, baby, two more people came on while I was prophesying. Listen, mm -hmm. the other day I gave my inner circle an assignment. And the assignment, I, I gave it to some of my, um, to the tribe as well. And, the, and it was on Deuteronomy 8 and 18 that mm -hmm. says, remember the Lord your God. And you know how sometimes you think you know the answer to something? And so the first question was, do you remember the Lord your God? And I said, yeah, I remember the Lord. I literally felt the Holy Ghost side on me. I felt him side on me. And I was like, okay, what do you want to say to me? He literally took me back. He took me back to I had been looking at houses the day before. And I kept scrolling down out of the more expensive houses. And then he took me back and played a recording of my own voice where when I got to a house that was in our budget, it was it was a little bit outside our budget. And I said, me and Strick and a little bit of favor could do this. He said, you missed all of these mm -hmm. houses above because you never even asked never me what asked I wanted, me what to, I wanted do. to do. He said, a lot of you think you remember me because you get up in the morning and say, thank you, Jesus. He said, but then you go through your financial day and you never ask me a question. Even you never ask me what I want to do. Y'all, I was so convicted. I was so convicted because many of us the reason we need to renew our faith is because when we have nothing, we ask God everything. And when we have something, we budget. Mm -hmm. Who was that for? When, yeah, we, everybody. when we have nothing, we ask God everybody. everybody. When we have money, we budget. Mm -hmm. We budget. We never say, we say, this makes sense. This is logical. And he showed me all of those houses I passed over. He said, you never asked me. It was you never to, consulted me. It was me. prior to the pandemic when he, told, when he gave me a prime example of that. Uh, 
and, and I, I, I won't forget it. You know, we had got in a situation uh, in the ministry where we didn't no longer have to go get credit cards to buy stuff or whatever for the church. And, and I was just going to go and do some things that the church needed done. And he was like, you ain't even asked me. He was like, you didn't even ask if I was supposed to do that. And I was like, well, Lord, am I supposed to do it? He was like, no. And I was like, oh, my bad. He was like, just because you have something don't mean you make the decision. You still ask me like you did. Ask me like you used to when you didn't have nothing. Don't leave me out of the equation. And I and I after he chastised me about that, I don't do that no more. I don't care what my bank account says. I don't care how big it grows. If I'm getting ready to do something, Lord, is this what I should be doing? And is this how you want me to do it? Because I could have a bazillion dollars in the bank. If he say don't use none of it, then I ain't using that. I'm going to do it the way the Lord says. And you got to you have to you kind of have to hone yourself and train yourself to get that way or, or, or you will be so easy to rely back to your budget. You will, so listen, how many of us? We just had one more repentance service and then we can go. <laughs> just who who joined me in repenting? Baby, listen, I felt so. I repented. I, 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 I really did. And repent. Still do. <laughs> I repent. And, and that's why we need to see repentance as a good thing. Because he is like, Sean, you didn't even ask me. You didn't me. even ask You me. didn't even ask me. How many of you can look back over the last week? You didn't even ask him. You wanted something and decided why you couldn't have it before you ever asked God whether you could. You didn't even ask him. You didn't even ask him. You've already decided it costs too much. You've already this. The Lord said to me one day, he said, some of my people don't even know what they want because they've already decided what they can't they decided have. decided what they can't have. They've so decided what they can't have that I can't even bring up. I, I can tell you flat foot with no shame whatsoever. That used to be me. I can tell you that it's one of the reasons why it was really hard for me to dream and imagine. I had decided I couldn't have everything. It was too much. I couldn't have it all. But I never even took the time to ask God how. And he was like, you're always going to be without if oh, you always good. determine that you can't have it before you ask me. It's like, it's like our, I, I don't know if this has happened with anybody else, but it's like, I don't like when my kids, and they don't do it anymore, but when they used to, years, 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 they would be like, Daddy, I probably can't have so-and-so, can I? I'm like, well, if you already have decided you can't have it, then why ask me? Why even ask me if you've already determined you can't have it? So I don't, I, and God was like, that's what you do to me. You don't, you don't even, but, but except at least they ask you, Daddy, I probably can't. You tell me what you can't have and don't even ask. And so I had to learn to get out of that. I believe some of you are breaking free from that even this morning. Even this morning. We're going to be teaching on this for a while. We're going to be teaching on this for a while. Redemption is not complete without financial provision. Mm -hmm. Think about this. When Moses brought the children of Israel out, they came out healthy and wealthy. They did. When they came out of that bondage, they came out healthy and wealthy. And so our job is to get this word in our own heart, which is why I said, Lord, I got to get this in my heart. When he brought them out of bondage, Moses was a type and shadow of Christ. Yep. When they brought, he brought them out, they came out healthy, healthy. and wealthy. Yep. And that is our expectation as born again believers. Amen. So we hope y'all got something out of this. 
Thank you to everybody who stayed. Send us your supernatural provision testimonies because there will be supernatural provision testimonies. And um, if you are still here, I want us to end. What is that the confession you had us to make? Supernatural advantage. Mm -hmm. I have a supernatural advantage. I want everybody to put this in the comments. I have. I have. A supernatural. A supernatural advantage. advantage. When you sow your seed today, I want you to sow your seed from that perspective. I have a supernatural advantage. And now that you know that you have a supernatural advantage, I need you to find you a scripture to stand on. And I need you to get up and start moving toward what God said belongs to you. Amen. And then don't forget to join us tonight at 7 p.m. for our, another episode of our Solemn Surrender uh, fast prayer time. It's going to be at 7 p.m. Central Standard Time. Whatever channel you're watching us on right now, you'll be able to watch us there tonight. So join us at 7 p.m., okay? We expect to have at least 100 people, at least 100 people join us for prayer. We got, should be more than that. We got 600 plus people who are who are joining us. So make sure you join us tonight. I believe it's going to be day number one. I got this 11. Apple watch on. It's day, 11. <laughs> day 11. It's the 11th. It's day number 11. Day 11. Listen, I want to shout y'all out. Y'all got staying power. You've been here almost two hours, but you know what? I don't expect anything less because you can watch a movie for two hours. You can watch a show. You can watch TikTok for two hours. I know you can give two hours to the word, but shout out to the champions. You're some amazing partners. We'll see you at seven. We love you. God, God bless you. Have a great day. Have a great day.